My favorite Steve Harvey television show. <laughs> Family Feud. That's the best one. I, you, guys, you don't look like you've seen Family Feud lately. Let me describe what Family Feud is. It's usually one white family versus whatever they're scared of. like a New England white family versus a black family, an Arizona white family versus Mexicans. <laughs> a Florida white family versus science. <laughs> My white family versus showing affection. <laughs> Guys, don't worry. They're not here. They're never here. Uh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Good vs. Evil, the bonus episode! <laughs> a comic discussion of the end times. As always, I'm the good side of things, David Steves. And I am the evil side, John Batch. And this afternoon, we are bringing to you an Indianapolis-based comic. Just came off a brand new album release. You will not forget his name because he won't fucking let you. It's all over his album. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Joe Bates. You're not Katie. Yeah, that's, this is not what I ordered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing more shocking than you guys just risking it with a new name you didn't know just because it's a lady name. Like, well, now I know how people on Wish feel. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez you guys are hoping for a chat roulette experience. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike any other. <laughs> uh, no, I'm on my girlfriend's laptop because my laptop doesn't work anymore. And I don't know how to get computers repaired. So That's what happens when you start making it famous, man. That's what happens. Yeah, laptops break. That's the That's, first yeah. thing. That <laughs> You're like, I made it. My laptop yeah. is toast. <laughs> Finally famous. <laughs> so what's going on, my man? How you doing? I'm doing all right. Just having a bit of a white wine night. That's all right. I actually am back on the wagon. Well, I jumped off the wagon. So um, okay. Numb Nuts over here decided that we should do dry January. And yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. I yes. did dry January uh, until the 17th. <laughs> John, you made it longer than somebody. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I I made it till the till the twentieth, so I I feel nice. good that I yeah I made it long enough. What was uh, what was your catalyst? What finally broke you? I'm fat. <laughs> That's fair. So I That's thought fair. I I don't you know it's kind of weird. I didn't start drinking till I was twenty five. So I figured, and I was thinking back, I was like, man, I don't know if I ever had three weeks where I didn't drink or whatever. You know, at least have a beer or anything like that. Just because what else are you going to do? I'm doing stand-up all the time. I'm out and everything. You know, I can't. And that's what I've been doing the last 10 years, you know. 10 so, years? Uh, yeah, almost 10 years, yeah. Wait till oh, June wow. I'll make a big post that is meaningless. 
<laughs> like, I'll oh, make a 10-year anniversary post and just be desperate to hope it gets 100 likes and imagine that's something. <laughs> that's really my goal. That's the next step is 100 likes on my 10-year anniversary post. That's right. I'm dancing on TikTok. We'll see. That hasn't gotten a lot of hits. I got to do this TikTok thing. Everyone <laughs> is, does it is TikTok are they they're not stealing identities anymore. It's not China anymore. Oh, oh no, they China. They they're still, still doing it, that. Yeah. yeah, they're 100% oh. doing that, but uh, I guess it's I guess they should have now. my stuff anyways. I'm starting to post public Facebook posts finally, so I'm probably <laughs> I want to do they, they have it. What yeah. I want to do for TikTok is a uh, uh, TikTok Tic Tac or I just uh, describe what a Tic Tac tastes like. <laughs> That's that's good enough for it. It make again that could go viral. Uh, another comic out in Ohio did one of him like just caressing a uh, uh, an icicle and then tickling the tip of it. It's literally ten seconds long, and it got over like hundreds. Of, it got over a million hits. I was like, did it? Did it? Did it, uh, did it get money from that? He got over sure. 25,000 followers in, in one weekend after posting that. So once you become, once you get to that many followers, and we only know this because we had a TikTok creator on our podcast. Nice. And once, once you get above a certain threshold, I believe it's 10,000, you then become a creator. And no matter, you know, like the amount of likes and hits and reshares all goes into like some money. So my buddy had like $14 saved up. So it was <laughs> yes. super worth it. Definitely. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like me selling a thousand albums on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, so you did but, just but you did, though. release an album. Yeah. And uh, I did. I, I did. I did release an album. Uh, it turned out all right. I was number. Well, uh, the, the distribution company uh, did not put it as a stand up album on the initial day. It was a spoken word album. So I wasn't on the charts. Uh, even oh. though I was like number 135 of all albums and no comedy albums ahead of me, but I wasn't on the chart. So that did, they, I emailed them and fixed it. Uh, so then I was number one on like Saturday and Sunday, but I could have had a whole weekend. I could have had a whole, which again means nothing. Uh, but people were <laughs> buying it and it's a pretty good album. It's called Joe Bates, Joe Bates, Joe Bates by Joe Bates. Yeah, I'm real. I got an ego. Yeah, I yeah, it is very important. It's very self-titled. Um, I also want to point out this is the first five minutes I've ever talked to either one of you. So (laughs) right, yeah, that's totally yeah. yeah. (laughs) What a strange, what a strange talk. Chat roulette to plugging my album. Yeah, Um, well, when we saw you on there, Michigan Comics Network. So have you done a lot of comedy out in Michigan then? Uh, yeah, I've done a lot of funny business gigs out in Michigan, so if I've done comedy, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That... <laughs> they've always been, they've been very nice to me and everything. I've just done a lot of, you know, the, there's that, what's it? it it's just, it's like a hour or two north of Detroit. It starts with a B. It's some guy's like log cabin restaurant slash comedy club. And he's just like a, a real shitty guy. <laughs> is that yeah. I, it doesn't that exist anymore i don't think yeah i was gonna say that would be probably the bay city area it sounds like but um yeah that good it doesn't exist anymore i guess i don't know yeah <laughs> but, i've been to petoskey a couple uh casino adawa casino or okay. awata casino that one's not too bad it's a real weird layout for not having a sold out show uh but it ain't too bad 
so, so what's oh go ahead john no go go ahead i think you're gonna ask the same question <laughs> oh what's the biggest audience you know that you've ever had so like you've oh, done not the same like, question but that's okay oh good good so yeah. hold on to your question john write it down you lush okay yeah. <laughs> don't lose it don't lose it you, you goddamn fucking lush <laughs> fuck you we're super good friends god dry good. january my fucking ass Hey, he, I went all the way through with it. 31 days, and I'm still the fattest of you two. So that, I, I don't even, I don't know. It wasn't I'm the beer. It wasn't the pounds. It's all legs. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't even like white wine. It's just all that's in the house. <laughs> like, this is all um, we have left. Katie left white wine, and that's it. Yeah. I, how do you know her name's Katie? No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> Unless you stole somebody else's girlfriend's laptop. Yeah, I know. Right. Which, I mean, you're a comic. That, that would, that, that would work. That would actually fill in the gaps a little bit. The biggest, the audience, biggest crowd, yeah. <laughs> ooh, that's tough. Because I definitely did like a solo show where I was doing a guest spot at like the Houston Improv. That's like 300 something. Uh, I've been on some solo club shows, but probably 300 max there. I'm not 100%. This is a number that was told to me later, but I'm not 100%. It was at a festival. It was 500 people in the crowd. Uh, Maria Bamford just did an hour and then I went on stage in a robot costume and did <laughs> jokes as, as a robot character that I do called Maxwell Robowitz, the dirtiest robot comic in North America. <laughs> uh, I love it. The crowd didn't like it. <laughs> they were okay with it, but they had just watched Maria Bamford do an hour and then they were waiting for the whitest kids, you know. This is the introduction for my character for this. Uh, uh, they go, uh, "Are you guys ready for the whitest kids, you know?" And everyone cheers, and they go, "Okay, we got one more act." <laughs> <laughs> like, I said, that can't be good. That can't be good for me. I walk up there. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so again, I, went, I saw Mary Bamford. I saw my. So there was another comic that kind of did a quick like thing before I went out there right after Maria. And she was st sitting Indian style watching it all. And then she, uh, I was standing next to her in a robot costume. And then I, as a robot, like pivoted, looked at her, and she looked at me and showed a face of a, what do they call it? Fear. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> so I just pivoted back as a robot and then went on stage after scaring <laughs> one of the greatest stand up comedians out there. <laughs> and then uh she's like some shit. loony fan got all i didn't some loony fan I didn't got a shit, hold of but a it robot, wasn't a robot costume yeah. <laughs> yeah i didn't do well uh i only had i only had eight minutes as the robot but they loved them uh they booked them uh <laughs> you can hear it on my album joe bates joe bates, joe bates by joe bates and then i met maria like a year or two ago and i said hey maria uh i just always wanted to tell you this I scared you a long time ago while dressed like a robot at the this come and take it festival down in Houston. She goes, I don't even remember the festival, but I do get scared when people wear masks. Oh. <laughs> okay. That's well, I'm glad I get to apologize. Yeah, man, this has sure been a hell of a, a year for her then. I mean, everybody's it's wearing masks. All right. That yeah, was everyone's stupid. Wearing I don't, I, that was yeah, fucking yeah, stupid. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. I don't. Whatever. No, it's okay, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I saw where you were going with that. I saw where you were going with yeah, that. Yeah, it was yeah, there. Dude, it was yeah, there. No, it was good. It's, all right. Yeah, it was. 
Well, I was gonna say, I was like, but she's a recluse. She's never out. But I'm like, oh no, he's just. I'm 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 being too literal. It's my fault. I look really (laughs) good right now. Um. Anyways, um, you guys like the Lake Charles Ice Pirates? It's a it's an old uh, minor league hockey team I used to go see when I lived in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Lake Charles. So, are you from down south then? Because you live in Indianapolis, right? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I moved like fourteen times. So. Oh wow! Why I moved so many a whole moves? bunch. Uh, I, <laughs> uh, I already missed the timing of it. But running from the law. No, uh, I uh, <laughs> see. If I hit the timing right, it works great. And it's something I've said. Yeah, do you have those like things? You have like those jokes you just always say because you just you know the question's coming. This joke works. I got I've said that over ten thousand times in my life and never on stage, (laughs) just in regular conversation. I'm just constantly fake. That's the whole thing. I'm constantly just have preparations for everybody. I've never had a real contact in my entire life. My girlfriend doesn't even know my real name. It's Frank. Joe but uh, yeah, I moved a whole bunch. My dad had a job that had to move a lot. Then I got out of school and uh, didn't. I was just ready to do something new. I was in Houston. Then they had a job out in the Bay Area, so I went and did that job. Then I got laid off, and then went to Chicago, then Indianapolis. And this summer was supposed to be last summer, but now this summer, me and my uh, lady, who you know is Katie, is moving to New York City. Nice, fantastic. Now, what- what prompts the move to New York City? Like, what kind of big venues you want to get into out there? Where do you guys plan on living? Because New York City's pretty expensive. I just like museums. The map. I just want to check out new museums. <laughs> I saw. No, I've been doing. I've been doing the stand-up thing for. I just been doing stand-up for so fucking long at this point. It's like. She, you know, she wants to go out there. I want to go out there, and having someone else that wants to go out there with you is like the biggest help for moving because it's so scary to do anything by yourself you know uh so i uh we're gonna go out there and i would hate myself if i didn't do it i would just you know just be miserable and constantly thinking about it i don't want to be 60 in the same scene for 30 years and just being like well (laughs) back my day we worked with a basil the the great comic <laughs> basil <laughs> he did an andrew dice clay impression but didn't acknowledge that it was andrew dice clay it's good what's what's the draw then for for new york city versus los angeles for instance what's what's the uh i would say it's the dui i have in california um <laughs> my no, name's on I, a list <laughs> yeah no uh i'm already past the probation for that um three years uh anyways <laughs> i uh no new york city just seems uh better in the sense that like it i'd rather live there like i've been to la a few times and it just really sucks to get around anywhere and New York City sucks, but it's its own little like kind of fun way of sucking. Like you're just you're having adventures. Where in New York City or in LA, you're just listening to a podcast in your car, which we <laughs> highly <laughs> recommend, by the way. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah, why, yeah. Why would Definitely you want to do this that? podcast? Thanks, Joe. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. You know, for me, <laughs> right? No, that's I can only listen to five thirty eight politics so much. <laughs> that's that's fair. And this podcast. Nailed it. Nice plug, Joe. 
which is called <laughs> I'll let you take away the theme now. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, the Good versus Evil podcast, but although I I would hope that anybody who's listened to this already knows that, I would, who knows, but uh <laughs> Um, so yeah, so uh, going out to, to New York City, um, mm-hmm. uh, you you mentioned again earlier that you you uh, just released an album. What was the the process for that? What was the um, you know, I mean, obviously you got to put the hour together. Um, how did how did that all come together? Um, well, what's interesting is I I uh, I don't think I had an hour when I put the album when I said <laughs> I was going to do the album, <laughs> like. In the sense that, like, you know, how often do you get to do an hour? You know what I mean? Like, especially if you're fuck with Joe Bates, who has 1,500 Twitter followers. Like, what? <laughs> who is who is giving that guy any time? But uh, I got, I, you know, I've done 40, headlined a few, a couple of clubs here and there. And uh, I had been doing it for a long time. And I was in it seven years. And I knew people who had, been do, had done it for seven years and have, like, two albums. And I'm like, well, I... I had some people go, look, you never, it's never going to be perfect. If you want to do it, just do it because that's in stand up, in comedy, in any form of art, just do the thing you want to do because it doesn't matter. I, no one's going to hear it or they will. And that's it. You know, you're not ruining your career. You're not hurting yourself. You're not doing any of this extra negativity you're putting yourself in because you want to have a reason not to do something. Um, which is what I struggle with so much, but we, uh, I put it together and then I just booked a bunch of shows. Everyone is super helpful. You know, you make contacts through festivals and everything. And then you have your friends who help you out and really was just, uh, did a bunch of stuff for like two or three months. Boom, 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 boom. And I, I set up an Excel. I had the idea of what I wanted. I knew like if I was doing a 45 minute set, I knew this 15 minute chunk and I'll just take that out. And then I would do that 45 cause I knew what this 15 minute was and I had that down and then I would move this stuff aside and just kind of get chunks down and then have it all pieced together and kind of order it. A lot of the album, you know, even up to the day of the recording, I was still changing order of things to be like, Oh, it makes more sense if this is before that. And this is before that. I can't say that this joke, like there's one, this is there's a joke I say that leads into a story, but I don't get to the story until 20 minutes later because I have to say this joke before this other joke, but it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's... I do it, so I do a joke. I do a joke where I go, uh, I'm dating my girlfriend. She's great. Uh, there's only one flaw. She's seven years younger than me, which isn't un- a big deal. I'm 19, but it's not a big <laughs> deal. Uh, but then I do a joke about me being 34. And so I was like, fuck all this relationship stuff's near the end, but I need to do this age joke because if I do that age joke after telling people I'm 34, it doesn't hit as hard from me going on stage and reacting. He's just a fucking, I love standup so much. It's like a great, uh, it's great to perform and figure that stuff out. And when it works, like when I recorded my album, if you guys buy it, it is unbelievably good. Uh, it's just the best <laughs> fucking feeling when you have when you just have that confidence and you have the jokes and it's great. That's awesome. Now, how did you pick a venue for that? Like, how many did you know how many people you wanted there? Because the acoustics and you need you know 
it needs to sound like it's at a big auditorium, right? So how did you do that, that aspect of picking out the venue, hiring a sound person? Like what were some of the connections you're able to utilize? It doesn't need to sound like an auditorium. All it needs to do is sound like people are having a good time and the laughs are loud. So I wanted to do it in Houston because that's where I started uh, back in Houston. And I knew a lot of people there. And uh, they had a venue called The Secret Group, which is a fantastic venue down there. And they had a back room, which was really small. Everyone packed together and uh, 80 people sells it out. So they let me do two shows. I sold both shows out just from people and the venue itself selling tickets and everything. Um, the sound guy, that was a little bit more difficult because I was relying on my record company, the Tour Records, to kind of do it. But they don't really have any knowledge of Houston. So it was tough for them to reach out. So then I had to ask some people. And then this one guy who's never done like a comedy album, which how many people really have, you know? Right. right. So, uh, kind of a niche role. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a weird thing to be like, well, where's the comedy album, guys? Like, what's <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had done some comedy. He did the sound stuff and everything, and it turned out really well. You need, if you're going to do it for any comic that's listening to this, want to do an album, um, if you're funny enough, and, uh, <laughs> But you should have, you need to record the actual mic itself. That needs to be one of the recordings. You need to re- have like a, a microphone in the audience and a microphone behind the audience so you can get that at least three mics. I had way too, I had like eight mics. It was way too many mics. Um, <laughs> my editor fucking hated me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was so pissed. He was so pissed at me. And I'm real lackadaisical, so that didn't help either. Uh, he was like, do you want to take this part out? I go, I don't care, sure. <laughs> He was like, just tell me what to do. I go, ah, whatever you think. Um, so, uh, but the, you want to get that crowd noise and have that kind of reaction uh, to what your jokes are going. I, my dad literally, I just posted on Facebook. My dad asked me if I dubbed in laughter to my help. <laughs> wow. And I, w- I was like, you were there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And he told me there was a lot going on. And I go, what do you mean? There's there's only one thing happening. (laughs) I don't know. But the good thing is like, even putting the album together, I, like I told you, I, I, I have that robot character and I have another character that I do. And I wanted to have that in there and allowed me to be more, uh, my standup is a, it's not like super odd, but it's not normal. Um, stand up and i'm able to kind of i was able to implement some sketch and character work within that album to kind of break it up so i i really am very proud of it but honestly you just have to buy it 15 times to really understand how good it is (laughs) (laughs) i mean he's made 14 dollars on a thousand copies we all need to buy at least 300 copies right that's 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 doable um so so yeah, are you, do you do you prefer more um, sketch work or or character work uh, or um, is is are you more of a, a straight quote unquote traditional stand up guy? I mean, what, what's your your preference on that, Ben? My initial goal when I started stand up was to be more unique than anybody else, not necessarily the funniest because that's hard, 
<laughs> but <laughs> I just break wanted, it another way. <laughs> I wanted to be a little bit like because I'm I've been very odd and weird my whole life and everything. So sure. I wanted to instill that in what I think is funny and make that work for an audience and everything. Um, but I've been able to. I would say when I started, like the first four years, I was doing a character of what I thought would be a funny character on stage where I was either very dry and like monotone or just kind of like this. It was fake because I wasn't me on stage. And that's that's the aspect you have to figure out. Uh, you can do character work and that's fine, but it's still got to be kind of you. And to me, I was just like, is this what you want? You know, and that is not it's like the DC DC movies. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just like constantly. I don't know. Do you want wishes? um everyone likes wishes so uh i kind of it took a while to figure out like i gotta be myself on stage and then i can kind of instill the weirdness around that um and i do a lot there's a show in indianapolis that's like the best show i've been in four different scenes it's the best show i've ever seen and i'm part of the cast and it was i liked it before i was part of the cast but it's called an evening with the authors um, they do it every first Tuesday or Thursday uh, here in uh, Indianapolis, the White Rabbit. You can like the Facebook page, all that stuff. Uh, but it's fake authors reading fake books. So you do like an eight minute monologue on your fake book that you write. So you're just constantly doing character work uh, That's cool. every month. So just like writing eight to 10 minutes every month was really, I learned to start improv it because I'm not a good writer. Uh, <laughs> but it was it's really it was really helpful and everything i've always really enjoyed it like i uh i did a character that was doing a home renovation show but it was for uh animals homes habitats uh it's i really did a telepath where i went up in a wheelchair and i had i had pre-recorded everything and just kind of did this and had it all speak and just did on stage like this the whole time um, that's it's really Kaufman yeah. level stuff yeah it's, yeah yeah sure <laughs> we'll go with that sure that's yeah, sure Andy Kaufman yeah that's that's <laughs> yeah I'll have that on my I'll put that on my website I haven't updated in two years <laughs> Andy Kaufman level shit <laughs> you can use my quote and just put David Steves I mean yeah yeah I will oh good legit. versus evil the evil <laughs> thing <laughs> You me... think you're going to get Andy Kaufman, and I'm talking about dating. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's, I mean, that being said, the, I mean, Andy Kaufman, these other guys, obviously, uh, great classic people. Uh, who, who are your, your comedy heroes then in that sense? I mean, who are you not, again, you're trying to be unique uh, to yourself. Yeah, who, I, who... I would say, I would say my two biggest influences, if, if you had looked at my standup and said, who is this guy most influenced by is what I assume everyone tells me Pete Holmes, who I've never seen do standup. Uh, I don't think it's Pete Holmes because I've never seen the guy do standup, but <laughs> every time someone tells me about it, it sounds like it's Pete Holmes. I feel that my standup is influenced by not to the level or quality of by far. Uh, but I feel like I'm heavily influenced by, by Steve Martin. Cause they do a lot of real cocky and kind of like changing things really quickly. And then a uh, Norm Macdonald, like the kind of a, a dark dryness to a lot of jokes I'm doing on top of that. Uh, I Bob Newhart was the first comic I listened to. I love old, old standup a lot. Old standup makes me laugh a whole bunch. Newer standup is, 
good in its own way and there are some really good jokes but sometimes i'm just like i just want a joke man just do a joke <laughs> i don't need everything else just give me a joke that's great um so again we kind of talked about this earlier as, as well with um the you know the the robot the the festival everything it, yeah, you, you have you've got you yeah right i'm glad you <laughs> glad you remember i know it was only was fucking 20 minutes ago but this is the longest cold <laughs> open ever <laughs> <laughs> oh shit oh. But, you, you you have, what, you what do you got johnny <laughs> you've got a lot of unique characters and and, and i'm sure that, yeah. that goes well in, in some places and, and other places it, it, we, i mean we've all been there right um so what what's the biggest like like heckler situation that you've had to deal with uh you know like maybe some an issue where like things were starting to get out of hand and you just kind of really slammed it really took care of it or maybe even the opposite of that um whew, that's a good one uh, on the album recording, I did the robot character and someone was heckling and I had to get them thrown out while being a robot <laughs> character. That kind of sucked. Um, that's not on the album at all because it's bullshit. But there is a video. Of, if you look up Robot Destroys Heckler, uh, <laughs> you'll <laughs> see a really awesome. funny edited mo- uh, edited little clip and then maybe I could be the next Steve Hofstetter. Uh, anyways, uh, I'm name dropping constantly, so fucking, I'm done. I'm done with. I'm burning bridges left and right. Good versus evil. <laughs> um, I took down Basil. Um, anyways, um, yeah, I I would say the worst, the weirdest heckler thing that ever happened was I used to go uh to this, the Washington Inn in Mountain View, California. We lived down the Bay Area. And uh, it was a shit. It was like the bar was always packed and there was an open mic, but nobody ever gave a shit about the comedy. Like <laughs> nobody cared about stand up, but the it was always packed. Like it was the only open mic I ever saw that never walked anybody because they weren't even aware of what's going on, even though they're all <laughs> around. It. it was crazy. Uh, and I learned a lot of weird stuff doing that. So like one time I go up and I just I just turn my back to the audience and did my entire set. Uh, to where people were just asking, "What? It, we're over here. What's he doing?" And I was like, "This is working. Good, good, good." Uh, another time, <laughs> I just openly weeped for a minute when I first got on stage, and I shut the whole bar up because there's one thing to shut a bar up is a open is a man openly weeping into a microphone. And then I started doing stand up after, and they turned on me. Uh, but <laughs> they're like, "You faker." Yeah, oh, I, I, so I'm crying, crying, and the crowd, like, every comic going up is trying to get this crowd to shut up, and I'm like, well, you can't, stand-up is not going to do it, because everyone's done stand-up so far, so I start crying and weeping, and they, everyone shuts up, and then I go, who here smokes weed, and this one, <laughs> this one guy goes, yeah, and I go, arrest that man, and then they just all turn <laughs> turn quickly they all start talking to each other arrest um, that man That's <laughs> yeah uh i thought it was funny but uh, only me um but I, one time we were there and it was like a lighter it was a lighter crowd and no comic shows only like four comics so we all just did 20 minutes each and it was a fine show and there was a crowd like two or three tables there enjoying it and i'm going on stage and i'm having like a really good set which is which is rare for me that early on uh and i'm like whoa fuck you know cool 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 in this uh i did a joke about how 
when I was a kid, I guess I should bring this back. This uh, this is not even like a joke. It's just a true statement. When I was a kid, I wrote like an autobiography about my life and how Irvin Magic Johnson or Magic Irvin Johnson was my role model and how I loved Magic Johnson. I thought he was great. And at the end of my little paragraph of talking about how great Irvin Johnson was, I said, I don't know what he's doing these days. Because <laughs> I think he's just sitting on his boards wondering if he's ever going to get rid of these AIDS, which is a literal line <laughs> as a seventh grader. And I got a B plus on the paper. <laughs> what a crazy thing for anyone to allow me to write and just send in sitting on his porch wondering if he's ever going to get rid of these AIDS. He didn't even have AIDS. He was HIV positive. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I go, I go into another joke, and then this guy heckles something, or he says like, "Whatever, you know, you're gay," you know, classic, classic heckle. And uh, then he says something else to his buddy, real loud. And I go, "Look, Ben, can you just shut up? Because everyone is enjoying the show, and you're ruining it. Just like straight up, just sincere. This is what's happening. These people are enjoying it. You're just being an asshole." Uh, or you're just being loud. Didn't say asshole. You're just being loud. Just shut up and let us do the thing or move it to the front of the bar or whatever. And then he yells, uh, <laughs> why don't you do another joke about AIDS? Which he's listening to my set, which is good. Uh, and I go, okay, I'll do another joke about AIDS. Uh, your mother's a cunt. Oh my God. And I go, ah, oh, man, that's not about AIDS at all. <laughs> Then I did my set and I got done and I walk off and the guy goes, come over here, come over here. And I go, oh, fuck. what he goes, let me buy you a beer. And I go, I like beer. And I go over there and I go, I it was in two years in the drinking the stuff. Uh, so I go over there and I go, I'll take a, I'll take a uh, Budweiser and uh, <laughs> the fanciest beer they have at the place. And uh, <laughs> he grabs my hand to shake my hand and he goes, uh, say that thing about my mother again. And I go, uh, I'd rather not. <laughs> but, I just want to enjoy the beer. <laughs> but the guy hosting it, and then this other table got up when they saw this, and they're all taller. I'm like six foot three, which is very tall and attractive. Um, and everyone else was like six foot five, six foot six, even more attractive. And they <laughs> they came and surrounded this guy and go, you better fucking let go of him. And they all grabbed the guy and carried him out of the bar. And he goes, he called my mother a cunt. And I was like, now that I was protected, I go, uh, well, I'll tell you one thing. She didn't raise you, right? <laughs> he, got kicked, <laughs> he got kicked out of the bar. And I got the Budweiser, very tasty. Uh, one of the best tasty Budweiser I ever had. Not light. Full Free beer flavor. is a good beer. Free beers are great beer. And uh, I'm drinking, and everyone's hanging out with me. They're talking to me like, oh, you're so cool. Da, 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 da. And uh, 10 minutes into that conversation, they realized I was not cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was not as fun guy. And they were like, oh, okay, well, all right, we got to go. It's <laughs> like, yeah, this is what life's like. Yeah, this is nice. Then somebody said they're going to book me for a private gig, and then I never heard back from them. Um <laughs> classic it's it's cool to like look cool and then be found out very quickly that they've been all uh all uh the wool you know the wool you know wool from cheap it goes over your eyes i was i got the wool and i pulled it on their eyes and you you won you won that night i don't think anyone won (laughs) (laughs) 
But yeah, that, that was my heckler story. Which, thank you, Johnny, for bringing it up. You know, it was good to pull from the previous conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what the segue was. You said you did a character before. Were you ever heckled? <laughs> yeah, I don't fucking. Johnny, Johnny Bench, you are a great baseball player, so don't let anyone talk down to you. We better than that Pete Rose character. Uh... Oh, man. <laughs> So why stand up, Joe? Like what? I mean, it's been 10 years now. What what did your parents do wrong to you to make you want to go into stand up? Uh <laughs> I I don't want to get into that stuff. Um I don't I'll say this. Like when when I was real young, I wanted to be an actor because they were famous. And I just want to be famous, really. And uh, I know that's true. Like I know I want fame. Um, but I also know that I, and I didn't really know that I love stand-up at the same time while this is all happening, but I know I wanted fame and I want to be an actor. And I told my dad, I want to be an actor. And my dad sat me down and said, listen, you don't want to be an actor because every actor comes from a really messed up family life. <laughs> and I go, oh, okay. Not realizing that I was having that experience <laughs> of having a really messed up family life growing up in my own weird way, but I, I'm realizing like the last couple of years, I'm like, oh, things were kind of fucked up. Um, uh, but anyways, yeah, I think I think uh, I'm the youngest, and I've always wanted to uh, please people, and I've uh, felt like felt like stand up. I listened to Bob Newhart, I listened to Hedberg and Gaffigan when I was real young, like Gaffigan's he had two albums he self-produced and published himself uh dennis leary i listened to a lot which i found out later when i did stand up you can't say his name um but i did enjoy it when i was a kid <laughs> even though he's <laughs> jokes from bill hicks don't steal jokes but it was cool that dennis did it once um <laughs> well no cure for cancer is a very good special like i it sucks that he stole jokes but it's a very good special um uh it, but also boo um <laughs> shame i even yeah. had a cassette tape of uh boudreaux and thibodeau jokes which was from louisiana we lived down there there's a cassette tape it was just like uh boudreaux talked to thibodeau and they're just doing cajun voices or like thibodeau told boudreaux every time he has sex with his wife he's always on the bottom he's always on top <laughs> and thibodeau goes boudreaux why are you always on top when you have sex with your wife and uh boudreaux goes because my dad told me not to screw up <laughs> like that is constantly the joke so i'm like this is good this is real good uh but uh yeah i i just uh i did it when i was 18 it went over really poorly because i won i saw last comic standing and i thought i could be on the show because i'm a, everyone is a maniac and uh then i didn't do it for seven years um it, within that seven years when i wasn't drinking i did karaoke uh for two years straight four nights a week uh not drinking just doing karaoke because i really like being on stage or performing and i was <laughs> good uh <laughs> my brother and i would always sing total clips of the heart by bonnie tyler constantly every time we could it got to a point where my brother was like okay well they're not going to put us on for a while so let's go to this other karaoke place and we'll put they'll put us up really quickly because they know us and he wanted to keep singing the same song and it got i was like we gotta branch out dude we were singing the same two songs everywhere we go we got to do new songs and he goes you want to try that i go okay so he sang uh uh picture by kid rock and uh cheryl crow is or shania <laughs> twain or cheryl crow 
Cheryl Crow. I always mix those two <laughs> up, even though they're very different people. So we sang picture and I sang the high part. And uh, <laughs> in the middle of the song, my brother into the microphone, he was always very drunk. Um, he was always very drunk. Growing up was fun. Uh, so I... <laughs> So in the middle, very drunkenly, he leans in the mic and goes, uh, we fucking suck. <laughs> and I was like, not in front of the crowd. Don't say it out loud. This has got to be behind the scenes stuff. One time we sang a Weezer song and someone booed us and our friend threw a drink on him, got a fight, and everybody got thrown out of the bar. So, uh, yeah, really, karaoke's pretty wild. Uh, stand-up's pretty tame compared to that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just always reformed, and I didn't realize what was going on. And then I started doing stand-up. I was like, oh, this is what I need to be doing. This is what I very much enjoy. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It is so, awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, it, things have been limited with, with stand-up right now. Um, you know, Not for uh, me. Don't well, give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Indiana's become a destination, baby. Yeah, I recorded my album in uh may i gave people COVID on purpose that's how you got into the show you had to have COVID. no i recorded in january before it all happened you were just a super spreader event without knowing it uh <laughs> well that was gonna be my my question then man are you are you doing uh are you working right now are you doing yeah. stand-up are you what um that- i had an un, i did an album release show uh okay. at the white rabbit here in indianapolis um, which was fun. They they wrote the code for how venues should be doing uh, COVID re- regulations and stuff. So it was very safe show and everything. Um, before that, the, fir- the last time I uh, went up before that was like the first week of November, then the holidays and I was kind of quarantining to go see my folks and testing and all that shit. And then um, I was going up like maybe once or twice a month. I'd get a club weekend here, a club weekend there, but it's, you know, it's rough, man, right now. Like, it's not only uh, scary to go up or anything, but it's also limited to when you can go up and the amount of comics you're competing with is more for those venues and stuff. So uh, it's been tough. I want to perform and it's sad to say, and it's not good. Like I, I, I know the feeling like it's probably not good to be performing live shows. Um, especially some of the shows that I've done that haven't really cared about the COVID restrictions. I try to wear a mask and I, I wear a mask when I'm inside, but on stage I don't. And I'm still, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to not do the thing that you love to do. Um, but also like, I mean, the shows I'm doing, if the people die there, like, I think I think I helped Biden get elected is what I'm saying. It's uh, <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, it's, yeah. Get rid of those mega folks. It's good. But you guys in Michigan, like you can't do there's like nothing happening, right? It's like completely shut down. Because so I had a weekend in Grand Rapids at the the Yoda room to do and that I got canceled because of what happened and stuff. And then I yes. always forget what weekend to email Ridley. <laughs> one weekend well, a year yeah. you're supposed to email him, and I never, I never know when that is, so I just guess. And then <laughs> you do just it. send out a random email. <laughs> hey guys. No, Michigan is just uh, so today uh, we're recording on Monday, February first. Uh, this is going to drop actually Saturday. Um, 
we are now open at 25% capacity, which is normal for open mics. Yeah. So that's normal <laughs> capacity for open mics. Yeah, I sold out um, my album release show. <laughs> it was real easy. <laughs> so we are actually, John is, uh, so John and I run a show out in Battle Creek, Michigan, and John will be hosting our very first comeback uh Come back open mic. Uh, nice. It's going to be nice. on Tuesdays. Yeah. So we will be able to have about 20 to 25 folks inside the, the room, which isn't ideal. Uh, not counting nope. the comics. So oh, we put the comics okay. in another bigger part of the bar where they yeah. all have their own table and it's outside of what the seating arrangements are. So that oh, we can good. get, yeah, really so we good. can get all you know, all audience in there. And before the whole COVID thing started, we had outdoor shows this year there. And we would pack probably 40 to 50 people per show, which is good for open mic. Yeah, hey, yeah, that at all. Yeah. We did running an outdoor open mic here in Indianapolis. I wasn't doing too bad. No one ever did very well on it, but there was people there. <laughs> and uh, that's yeah, all that really matters, right? People are so desperate for live entertainment. No one, no one realized how much they would miss live entertainment, even though they, no one went to it anyways. Um, <laughs> but now that they don't have it and they go, you got to think like if you walk people at this point at an open mic, just, they're just gone. Just cut, cut that them. joke. Cut that joke. <laughs> cut the comic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're, that's, they're done. This isn't for you. Done. Right. Yeah. What, oh my God. What are you, what are you talking about the Holocaust for? <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, if you hear one more, I didn't Frank even tie joke. it to anything. You were talking about jerking off into a sock, and then you said you holocausted right in the sock. There was no need to verb it up. <laughs> there was no need to verb it up. I don't know. So, I, there was a, there was a, I don't. There was a show in Indianapolis recently where it was in a bar, and uh, they were putting pictures up of it and everything. And it was not following protocol. Like, it was not at all. And I was like, you shouldn't post them. I know you want to post how good your show was, uh, which it, <laughs> it wasn't. I can already tell it wasn't. Um, but it was packed. Yeah. And you probably shouldn't. Be, you're going to get the venue that's giving you this, like, completely canceled, which, whatever. <laughs> so you... Um... You obviously have been been doing this for a long time. Uh, Too long, ten years. I yeah. should quit. You're right. That's your question. <laughs> I mean, your yes, question, that right? was going to be my I, next question. Is, <laughs> what, so the, what the fuck, man? Like, time what to hang it up yeah, already. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, again, obviously, this is, this is real. This is the real batch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, God, I don't even know why we're here. I like. Yeah, yeah, I just it, met you guys. Right. <laughs> That's it. We're all quitting comedy together. That's, this has been great, only you guys. Show and didn't book me on it. <laughs> <laughs> so I know my place. That's all right. We're <laughs> not. We're, we're, no, we're John, happy. John, John. What is it? What is it? Come on, give it. I don't give, give me. A sh we're happy to be. Good versus choice. evil. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was going to be my next question. You were talking about different different venues. Is uh, having done this for for a long time. I'm sure you've had a lot of venues that um, have not always been uh up to snuff let's say so i mean tell me tell me maybe some of your your favorite venues that you've been to and, and what's uh, maybe a venue that you would say there's no way in fuck i'd ever i'd ever go back well the money you know the money. <laughs> or um, maybe not, you, you don't have to be specific i suppose but where i recorded the album the secret group was really good the white rabbit cabaret is really my favorite venue in indianapolis 
not only because it's a really big stage, which I can be kind of more physical with my comedy. I'm like the new Dane Cook, they say. Um, <laughs> and that's really good. There's always just kind of random stuff you do and you just do so much of it. You kind of just forget, which is what's weird about it. Like that's like, I'm like, oh yeah. Like someone will mention, like, oh yeah, that was a really cool place. Like there was a time I was booked to do a show in St. Louis with uh, Dwight Simmons. So I don't, I'm assuming you guys know him. He's, super good comic uh and uh it was like a chandelier it's a small stage probably room felt like 20 and then no one showed up and we still got paid but i was like that would have been the coolest (laughs) fucking venue you know for me to perform at uh but there's always like yeah there's so many there uh there was a in weston missouri uh, aaron naylor had a room where you you were in literally in like there's a bar inside of a cave and you're in the cave doing stand-up and uh I did way too much time. Um, he told me he was going to give me only 20 minutes. And then he told me a comic that did 45. And I go, if he did 45, I'm fucking doing 45. <laughs> and he was like, okay, whatever. Because I'm an asshole. Uh, so, and the show was good. No, the show was fun and everything. But that was a really cool venue. But if you want to tell me shows that were just really bad venues that I would, it's tough because it's, it's like uh, those shows don't last. That's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if they're a bad, like I did a show where you, we were on like a microphone and an amp and they had Buck Hunter behind us and the bar didn't know a comedy show was <laughs> happening. And at one point, uh, someone said, we don't like you because you said you're a pedophile, which I didn't even say <laughs> that in my set <laughs> at all. They just looked at and you and assumed. They just, yeah, they look, yeah, <laughs> I've got a real, I like my, t- my eyes are too tired to put in the work <laughs> that take, like everyone who's a pedophile is always constantly aware they're wide awake they're just waiting to get caught you know they don't sleep this this is just this is just a guy if i like it, one time they would catch me right away i would just go to the cops like i can't live like this uh put me in jail castrate me do something this is such a fucking burden uh <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, really bad venues. I don't know. I don't, I can't really say it. Cause there's just it, the shit shows are gone. Like I've been doing this long enough that anything that's really that shitty goes away by the wayside. And also I've done a lot of shitty shows. So <laughs> fair. All so what, one of my favorite questions to ask people when we, uh, get them on especially what were all these other fucking questions things not your favorite no warm-ups we're getting my least favorite questions (laughs) the one thing i I actually hate i really don't even like asking people this but i was just i mean (laughs) you know were you ever uh taller than you are now um (laughs) no fair enough what's one of your favorite questions i can't wait to see what the favorite one is well no i was just waiting to see if you were you know worth it is all but um <laughs> that's good yeah that's good i'm a big fan but, of johnny batch but <laughs> you know one of my again one of my favorite questions i like to ask people especially someone who's had as much experience as you what is what is one of your uh i don't say least favorite jokes but maybe one of the dumbest jokes that you held on for way too long you don't tell it anymore uh, but you you just held on to it for way too long, and and what finally convinced you to get rid of it? Um, <laughs> so many jokes that are so dumb. 
It's like when the place that you're going to go work at is like, what are your strengths? Like, oh, I have so many strengths. Here, yeah, here are my weaknesses. <laughs> uh, so many dumb jokes. I mean, there's like five jokes I hate that are on the album. Um, <laughs> crowd loves them. But uh, there's always a fear when I do stand up, there's always a fear that a joke is too easy. So if I do a joke, I'm like, that's an easy laugh. And then I get mad at myself um, where I'm like, well, it either must be hacky or, you know, it's too easy or the crowd's dumb. And it's like the crowd's enjoying something you made, Joe, like just fucking (laughs) calm down for a second. But I get so in my head about it. Like, it's like, no, I gotta, I gotta really work and really get them to like something they don't even want to like. And it's like, maybe just take the win. Um, <laughs> but it's not that really, like, it really is something that it gets me with stand up. Um, Cause I, I'm always, uh, I'm trying, I don't know. I try to be versatile with what I'm doing and like uh, all this stuff, but dumb jokes. This is, this is a joke that I hated that people liked. And then when I started liking it, people hated it or when i accepted <laughs> the joke so uh is this is this a video podcast or audio this is this is audio uh, but we can okay you guys will explain it we can we can make this as the trailer though the oh, yeah. Clip, yeah the, All right, there you the go. joke i hate <laughs> um, <laughs> hey what's one of your dumbest jokes that'll promote the album really well or promote whatever the fuck a podcast <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this is this is my impression of a cowardly bird attempting to kill itself. No, 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 no. That's all it was. That's <laughs> all it was. And then Bojack Horseman had that fucking joke in it. I had written a joke before Bojack Horseman did it, and they had a, a pigeon jumping off a building and flying away. Like I wrote that joke. <laughs> Even though you so, have no idea who I am or would ever have heard it, um, but I'm pretty sure they stole it uh, from me. But I hated that joke, and everyone would tell me how much they loved that joke to the point where I was like, I keep doing it, but it would just show this distraught and hate I would have, and they would laugh. <laughs> and then when I finally accepted it, which I like sell it a little bit, people were like, that's not funny at all. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I just have to hate myself constantly. This is... <laughs> that is the key comedy to success in comedy. Yeah, yeah you'll, I mean, you'll hear that in the album. I really find out that's the whole purpose of my comedy is just me showing everybody that I'm losing. <laughs> oh shit! So what's but, uh, uh, yeah? That's probably the show. I mean, I could give you a million, but I don't want to because I got, I gotta have another album. Yeah, yeah, save <laughs> that's, that that's, the that's that's fair. Save yeah, save the the shit jokes for the album. <laughs> Um, so what's, what's next for you, man? What's, I mean, you're, you're moving out to New York city, Suicide. (laughs) especially after, after this podcast, I I was number one on iTunes. There's no greater feat. (laughs) No comic has ever done it before. I'm the only comic to ever be number one on iTunes. Um, yeah, I'm just going (laughs) to jump off a bridge. Um, I gotta get my girlfriend pregnant first because I have to have some like future people for me, but I'm done. Like I'm done after that. Um, <laughs> do you want kids? Yeah, I would love kids, man. That'd be great. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, dude. My girl. John's barren. I... No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'll tell you what's barren. Your closet. Uh, <laughs> <that's>... 
That's fair. I, I <laughs> spend most of my time in there, so. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, <laughs> he just is, cleaned out I mean, a whole. I don't. I never. I've never figured out how to do the background for these things. I've done like thirty <laughs> podcasts, and at no point has it got better than this. Maybe one kind of half a painting you kind of see. Uh, it's never gotten better. The cushions are always bad on the couch that I sit on when I do some of them. Um, anyways, it doesn't. I, some people, I was because I was watching, uh, I was watching somebody uh, on a Zoom thing. I was like, man, everyone's background is highly organized. Oh yeah, and, you can uh, do like those virtual backgrounds. They're crazy. And I'm glad to be part of a podcast where that's not the case for yeah, anyone. No, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> no, I'm like, here's my here's my cheap ass coal chandelier that I got with Coles cash. That was gonna nice, expire. Dude. Yeah, exactly. I, had a I always like buying stuff with their own money. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Coles Cash because it's like they they give you Coles Cash to make it back down to what it's actually worth because they inflate the pl- the prices so much. I, yeah, I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, well, that's how they get you. Um, but what's <laughs> next? Um, <laughs> what's next for me? I'd have to. <laughs> I'd have to say. Thanks for this that insight. I've actually really. You guys, you guys really work with my timing very well and my attitude, so I appreciate it. You guys, really, I'll uh, definitely retweet it when you tweet it. Um, <laughs> the podcast, I never know what to do. At some point, I was like, I'm not fucking posting about this guy's podcast. It sucked, uh, and I can tell you who it was because it was a Detroit comic. Um, anyways, no, I'm just joking. I will, I'll tell it off air. Um, <laughs> it was such a, it was such a boring. Uh, anyways, uh, what's next for me? You know, I know, I know your fans are wondering. Um, <laughs> I'm moving to New York. I said this fucking earlier. I know. Why would I, you I, <laughs> that was that was oh, before. Like, so in the next five years, in the next five years, I'd like to get on late night. That would be something I would like That'd to do. Get cool. on late night. Uh, expand the clubs that I work at. Get a manager or an agent or whatever people do uh get in jfl like that like these are the kind of the next steps for me to take um and uh i could help myself by building a fan base on social media but i don't know how to do that uh and by and by that i mean i know how to do that but i'm too lazy to be creative to think of an idea that would do it because i've seen plenty of people do it and i'm like (laughs) That's not for me. They'll just book me because I'm funny. Oh, they're funnier than me too. Okay, well they will. <laughs> They'll figure something out with me. I know that. I am tall and I do have a strong jaw. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I probably when I move to New York or I'll probably take, try it whenever we, everything gets normal again, which will happen in today. Um, it. Uh, I'm hoping I'll take some acting lessons, try to get in some. TV build credits up that way. You know, it's just a variety of things you can do just to build up who you are. But it's tough. It's fucking. I'm at the point now where I'm like, okay, well, I've got to start getting club work and headlining more clubs than I've been doing. And it's just a. It's a weird transition, but every transition has been so far. Moving, hosting the featuring feature, and now feet where I'm at like the featuring slash headlining spot. It's just uh it's just a constant constant grind and I've got nothing else to do. <laughs> no, and I need awesome. to get I mean, away from it, my future kids somehow. Right? <laughs> well, I love New York Worth City, it. so I I've had a friend. Uh, I'm a, I'm originally You've from a friend? New York. Just one <laughs> who has acted in New York City. 
and yeah. uh, he loves he loves it out there. He's been lawyer number fifty seven on The Good Wife. He's been fired four times from that law firm, so he was really excited about those prospects. But it's just a whole new beast out there. In yeah. New York City. Like there's something always going on. But he was telling me like with the acting stuff, you wake up at like one or two o'clock, or you you're, you stayed up from that time, and they put you in these theaters, and you just sit there in these mm-hmm. theaters and they just they call up your number and they're like ah we don't need you or ah, we could use you as lawyer 57 you know you're gonna get fired in an episode but but you, like once you get your card you know your screen actors mm-hmm. bill card and you get paid to sit there so he's got yeah. like a weird nighttime schedule but i mean it's like a third shift because you can only shoot in new york city when the traffic's at minimum so they do all their shooting between like one and five in the morning so it's, it's kind of cool that- man i'm excited for you to go out there that really is, and I, I think actually you by you saying that really helped what the answer to your transition question uh, is to have comedy be my full-time job, because I still got a day job. Like, I, you know, I still have to pay bills, and I live out in New York. Sure. Have, I'll still be able to have my day job now, because I work remote and everything. Um, but that would be nice in the next five years to kind of be having comedy support my lifestyle, which is expensive i'm very uh i'm very rich right now and uh i went to barbados for christmas not this year but the year before uh, <laughs> that 1997 right. hoodie says it all it was all inclusive oh this uh, is vintage um <laughs> so that's what i like charles ice pirates when i went there i love the i love watching their games because they once played uh they had like 14 year old russian kids play their hockey team <laughs> but the game but before they just kept playing rocky four on the big screen and born in the oh, usa geez. by bruce Springsteen, and just really fucking hit it hard and then they had uh if you got lucky with your tickets you got to sit in the best seats in the house which is way up in the corner in a hot tub uh they just had a hot tub you had to bring swimming trunks uh, <laughs> you, got it. So you sat in a hot tub and watched the game in one game this is 100 percent true one game they had a giveaway which was uh, if you win, if you're in the right seat, you get a free vasectomy. They were giving away a free vasectomy. That's fucking That's awesome. brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. like a fifteen hundred dollar value right there. That's yeah, yeah. Legit. There's yeah. a comic in, here in uh, Indianapolis that won the scratch off lottery that can use the pay for his vasectomy, and I was like, <laughs> I, guess, dude. I don't know. I mean, it's it's an investment, man. It pays for itself. So um, tenfold. Damn. Oh, he died at chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, just like Dan. Oh, shit. Well, uh, Joe, this has been an absolute fucking blast. Biggest little Dan in the world. <laughs> we are we are running up against the the clock here. So uh, before oh, we yeah. uh, get out of here, um, this again, is a good cold open. When do we do the good versus the evil part? <laughs> it was seamless, wasn't it? We just slid right in there. <laughs> Before we get out of here, man, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you on social media? Uh, promote your album a little more. The whole, the whole thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. The whole fucking reason you came Hello, here. everybody uh, listening. My name is Joe Bates. You can find my album on iTunes, Amazon Music. Uh, don't listen on Spotify. I don't get paid enough. Um, and it's on YouTube <laughs> for some reason. I don't know who the fuck approved that. It wasn't me. Um, but you can find it on iTunes and Amazon Music only. And it's called Joe Bates, Joe Bates, Joe Bates by Joe Bates. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Bates Comedy. When I remember to do it, it's pretty good. Um, or you can just send me a friend request on Facebook. I post on there all the time, hoping someone gives a shit, and then getting upset when 
the guy who books a bunch of shows gets 130 likes on fucking nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> isn't that weird? You're like, well, that guy's not funny. You're like, oh, fuck, everyone just, yeah, ugh. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you, you obviously the Good versus Evil podcast fan base knows that. I'm the next big thing. Um, so yeah, just follow me on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. If you like podcasts, which obviously you do, you're listening to one, uh, this, and uh, you should listen to uh, my podcast that I did. Uh, season one is already out on YouTube and Spotify called Entertainment Federation Wrestling. It is a episodic serial fake wrestling promotion where me and my friends are announcing we have sound effects we have mat noises so it sounds like there's an actual wrestling show happening while we announce it uh we have a tag team that's a father-son tag team but the dad never shows up Uh, (laughs) it is very funny and i wish more people knew about it but entertainment federation wrestling you find on spotify and youtube there's nine episodes the whole season has arcs and all that shit love it david where can people find you my friend I'm CGM Comedy on TikTok, uh, Twitter, and also Instagram. It's still just David Steves on Facebook. All righty. And I am at the John Batch on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow us at Good VS Evil on Facebook, at Good VS Evil Podcast on Instagram. Uh, you can visit us uh, as well, just uh, goodevilpodcast.com for uh, all of our YouTube content, etc. Um, once again, Joe, this has been an absolute fucking blast. Thank you so much for, for yeah, joining man. Us. Love to do it again sometime. You guys are you guys are my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry. Um, <laughs> this has been good versus evil, a comic discussion of the end times. As always, on the good side of things, David Steves, and I am the evil side, John Batch. Enjoy the rest of your day. It's good versus evil.